are Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper doing it? Oh, hey, hey. Hey, seriously now. They look like they're really into each other. Seriously. That's indelicate. There's a Mrs. Cooper also, but she just ended her engagement, so. They're sitting there at the piano. Look at her. They look like they're in love. I realize they're actors. Yeah. There's danger there. Danger. I'd say. You're acting together on set like you're in love. Those chemicals start a flow, and I've seen it. Seen it. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. one of the reasons they all get married and divorced so much. Yeah, and a lot of them actors are crazy, too. And there's that. So you see Jussie Smollett, who's a complete nut job. He doubled down over the weekend. He's going even further with, he said, I swear to God that I didn't stage this myself. How do you think this is going to end, you moron? Wow, he is really around the bend. Does he think he can pull this off? Or he's getting some awful advice from somebody close to him. I mean, that's just inexplicable. Or is he so crazy he actually believes it? Uh, OJ style? He yeah. couldn't be that crazy. Uh, I don't know. Convinced himself that it happened to him? I can't imagine. He might just be a halfwit. I don't know. <laughs> um, Steve Bannon interviewed on Face the Nation yesterday. I thought that was interesting. He was actually in Italy at the Vatican to cover the whole Catholic priest sex abuse scandal get together hmm. for some publication because which we need to talk about yeah because he's a catholic and he's really into the story and he was there to cover it but uh face the nation caught up with him and asked him about politics and didn't ask him anything about the church sex scandal might have been annoying to him i don't know uh but how ugly does he think 2019 2020 presidential election could get i think that 2019 is going to be the most vitriolic year in american politics since before the civil war and I include Vietnam in that. I think, we're in for, I think we're in for a very nasty 2019. I think what comes down the other side of that, then you can position yourself for uh, 2020. Yeah, so if he is right that 2019 is going to be <laughs> the uh, most vitriolic since the Civil anger War. Anger-filled outside of the Civil War, including the Vietnam War, which you got to remember, there were there was a handful of bombings in the country every single day. Right. Assassinations left and right. Well, and, and riots. I mean, cities being burned to the ground. Now, uh, did he just mean the political discourse? or I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Or he's wrong, which is always possible. Of course. Um um, but we did get this text last week that I didn't get to, and it was on the subject of, uh, where was it? Which of these stories were we talking about at the time? Because this happens regularly. Berkeley, where some Trump supporter, oh, I got to talk about wearing my uh, my Trump hat, mm. snowboarding, and, no. the, and the looks you get everywhere you go. It's an interesting little experiment. Oh, boy. Wow. What color was the snow? Just curious. White, white snow. Mm. What's it? What the <laughs> exclusively white snow um uh, where was i going oh so we had the story white at berkeley man, white snow where you had a, some trump or some trump supporting kid on campus handing out pamphlets and some trump haters walked up and punched him in the face right which is just unconscionable yes much bigger gentleman too which makes of course. it even worse classic cowardly bully yeah so, uh, has he been arrested yet? I missed that. Have, yeah, have they figured out who that scumbag is? Try to figure it out. And how hard are they trying to find him? I'd also like to know. I wonder how hard the various people who were asking for the, uh, the Covington kids to be punched out and, and outed and doxxed. And how hard are you looking for somebody who commits actual political violence? I wonder. I actually know. Yeah, the, um, uh, 
Various authorities spoke big uh, on Friday about that, but I'd like to know behind the scenes how hard they're looking for this kid. In mm-hmm. the modern world, when you got him on camera for that long, I would think you'd be able to find him in an afternoon. Of course, there might not be anybody in Berkeley who wants to turn him in. No. He's a hero. He punched a Trump supporter. Or a conservative. And this is the text we got. Yeah, or conservative. We got this text. At some point, the, 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 the right end of the country is going to say, that's enough. And the right end is going to start to get violent. And the right side's got a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people like to fight. Yeah. And it's going to get really ugly. I don't want this to happen at all. No, of course not. But you can't continue to, on college campuses, beat up conservatives and think that at some point you aren't going to get some good old boys in pickup trucks coming in and just <laughs> laying it down. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be ugly and awful. I'm going to want them put in jail. But it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we've been saying so, that for a very long time. Right. So getting lecturing the city of Berkeley and UC Berkeley in particular, you keep letting people beat down innocents and, and conservatives. It's going to come back. And it has. They had some real good melees with both sides coming with sticks and bats and bear mace and the rest of it. I hope that our conventions don't look like that, where you have a whole bunch of people showing up saying, no, 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 no. Trump isn't going to get to go around the country giving speeches and having supporters come in. Which happened a few places last oh, time. Oh, that's right. San Jose, California, allowed Trump supporters to be beaten in the street just because they were going to a political rally. Well, and again, and this is how sick it becomes. People who are just taking a walk that evening and happen to be sort of kind of in the proximity of the hall were mistaken for Trump supporters and beaten down. And the city went light on that. And couldn't be bothered to do much about it because, well, you got to understand the thugs were fired up because they thought they might be Trump supporters. That's how sick they've become. So, getting back to Bannon's prediction, you could you could see how you could get there if the other side decides to have a voice in this mm-hmm. and and do you know and go by the same playbook. So, yeah, I hope he's wrong. I hope he's wrong. I I, I don't want it to get that ugly. You got um, well, and it'll be the crazy people first. It's it's like that uh, that uh, uh, not National Guard, the Coast Guard officer who's going to kill all sorts of politicians and cable news people Oof. and the rest of it. Um, you know that's never ever ever justified. But man, you don't tamp it down on both sides. You're going to get a heap load of ugly. We had three candidates for the D ticket come out pro reparations over the weekend. Oh boy. Uh, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, Castro, is that his name? Julian Castro down in Texas. See the uh, next Castro in line down there in Cuba? All three running for um, for about t- to defeat Trump. And Bernie Sanders wouldn't touch reparations No, last time around. Neither would Hillary, neither would Barack Obama. No, because it's a ridiculous notion. And now you got three candidates undoable. who are taking a look at it. So that's how far out there our politics are going, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, goody. <laughs> well, it's going to be exciting. Do you mean we're going to have to rehab the why reparations can never work discussion? And probably, probably, so. probably should today. What does some of you might not even know what that means? Um, what what is the uh, the political movement for reparations, which has been a fringe movement for my whole life? Mm-hmm. You got three candidates, including one of the top tier, a couple of the top tier, throwing it out there over the weekend. We'll see. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. No oh boy.
Um, how to disconnect from your phone. Advice from a so-called expert. If you feel like your brain's been ruined, we can talk about that at some point. And the latest big companies caught spying on you. Oh, boy. Shocking. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. you're confused there is no host tonight there won't be a popular movie category and mexico is not paying for the wall (laughs) oh shut up all right uh are you fubbing are you guilty of fubbing oh boy i don't think so we are oh you are so guilty of fubbing what fubber And everyone of your generation, who, by the way, are ruining America. Yes. Millennials. Disagree. Nice. Um, right. <laughs> Having guilty. been raised by themselves, of course. <laughs> They're so used to fubbing, they don't even care that other people are fubbing them. Let's tell you what that is in just a moment. I'll tell you, it's a fubber. I was just in the lunchroom, and uh, there on the television set on CNN, which some chucklehead is tuned to, apparently. <laughs> Who should be reporting from the White House but CNN's White House reporter? Alex Baldwin. No, no, no. I'd ask you to let me finish my sentence. (laughs) Uh, White House reporter Sarah Westwood, old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, now CNN White House reporter, and now she's not returning our calls. Good for her. Good for her to hell with her. We kind of discovered her. We totally discovered her. Kind of launched her. Well, yeah. She rescued her when she was just buried in an avalanche of Hillary Clinton leaked emails that she had to go through on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah, we reached down, we plucked her out, and now suddenly she can't find our number. Oh, I just saw the way they looked at each other, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper at the piano. They are doing it. Oh, <laughs> you heard it here first. Can somebody uh, send Jack a filter? So apparently he has none. Uh, where was I? Oh, so she, yeah, now, unlike, uh, like, uh, Lara Logan, who is among the most known and respected journalists on earth who were buds, Sarah Westwood has left us behind. Too good for us. Okay. Just, just, uh, just making down, writing down, let me jot down a note in the old book of life there, Sarah. Anyway, <laughs> moving along. The old book of life. <laughs> the old book of life. <laughs> the other thing about her. She got the realtor eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she got them. She em. got them. <laughs> I just want to make sure we we didn't forget that hilarious reference from last week. Um, three of the world's biggest airlines have admitted some of their planes have cameras installed on the backs of passenger seats. What? American Airlines, United Airlines, and when United's not beating down Asian doctors, killing pets, or smashing guitars... And Singapore Airlines have new seatback entertainment systems that include cameras. Companies that make the entertainment systems are fitting them with cameras to offer passengers options such as seat-to-seat video conferencing. According to, you know, beep, a uh, 9C. Listen, I find you very attractive. Any interest in, uh, I don't know, meeting in first class for a cocktail? Can I send you a half a ginger ale? Um, or, or if, you know, they found it impossible to seat you and two other members of your family together. Clearly what they're doing is they want to have video for whenever they get sued for something so they have evidence. That's what that's all about, isn't it? 
I no. You don't I think don't they're think videotaping so. everything so that if somebody gets their face smashed, they can say, see what happened here? Well, American United and Singapore all say, apparently having consulted Google and Facebook's lawyers, say they've never activated the cameras and have no plans to use yeah. them. Because <laughs> that's why you put cameras in. Yeah. Is to never use them nor activate them. Right. Yeah. A pass- First time there's a dust up on a United Airlines where they're going to get sued for gazillions of dollars. Uh, guess what? A video is going to appear. Turns out they were videotaping. Well, and and according to the the uh, passenger who discovered this, um, he suggested the carrier should cover the lenses with stickers. The cameras are not used now, he said, probably, but if they are wired, operational, bundled with a mic, it's only a matter of one smart hack to use them on 84-plus aircrafts and spy on passengers. Of course, you're going <laughs> to see me trying to sleep and... You know, perhaps picking my nose or something like that. So enjoy that. But good stuff. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, the manufacturers embedded them in the entertainment systems because they think that might be the new thing. God, the airlines did not request them and have never used them. Okay, but one more set of cameras. I actually had a nightmare. You had a nightmare. I had a nightmare over the weekend that I'd gone to see uh, whether a buddy of mine was at home, and and this actually happened once. We thought he and his wife might be around the back. So we walked up his driveway and looked in their backyard to see if they were there. And my nightmare was, my buddy said, hey, I saw you uh, looking around the house the other day. Were you looking for us? And then uh, it was funny because when you guys got to the backyard, you were saying blah, blah, blah. And his nest system had picked up everything we were saying. Oh, wow. And in my dream, I was thinking, oh, my God, what the hell did I say? All right. What What did I say? What did Judy say? And that's Jeez. that's the brave new world we're headed yeah, for. It is. It Isn't is. that crazy? Oh, it is crazy. Are you guilty of fubbing? Uh, popular article on New York Times over the weekend. Do not disturb how I ditched my phone and unbroke my brain. I couldn't read a book. I couldn't watch a full-length movie. I couldn't sustain a long conversation. Last year, I decided enough was enough. I have trouble reading books, and I know it's from uh, smartphones, which ought to be more troubling than it is. So he got this woman to help him detox basically and she encouraged him to set up mental speed bumps with his smartphone so that he'd be forced to think a second before engaging with his phone look at this amateur you had to set him up i got those naturally (laughs) i put a rubber band around my device for example just to remind you all the time Mm. i changed my lock screen that has three questions on there every time i unlock my phone my phone says what for why now what else you see that every time you pick I up like your it. phone. I like it. All it would take is a little reminder. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is terrible for me. Jack, it's like the people who put a picture of a hog on the refrigerator door. It's similar. For the rest of the week, I became acutely aware of the bizarre phone habits I'd developed. What are I, the three questions he asks? Uh, what for? Why now? What else? I'm bored. I'm bored and none of your business. <laughs> Do you think you're better than me? For the rest of the week, I became aware of my bizarre phone habits I developed. I noticed that I reached for my phone every time I brushed my teeth. I do that. Or step outside my front door of my apartment building. And that for some pathological reason, I always check my email during the three-second window between when I insert my credit card in a chip reader at a store and when it's accepted. Boy, the, my only problem with this article thus far, and I did read a chunk of it, was that this guy's so far gone, a guy like me would think, oh, I'm not that bad. I'm practically that bad. Wow. The chip reader thing? That's crazy, that, that That's not enough time to do anything. But yeah. anything slightly longer than that, I reach for my phone. Mm. Here's 30 seconds. Sick. 
Where you keep your phone is also important. Studies have shown that people who don't charge their phones in their bedrooms, I do, I think everybody does, are significantly happier than those who do. Um, charge my it. alarm clock. Yeah, me too. I, maybe you're better off going to a, a regular alarm clock. I don't know. Uh, this person says, charge your phone in a closet. <laughs> or she recommended putting it in a safe. I started phoning my... Uh, in a safe? I started s- storing my phone inside a safe, a safe which reduced my nighttime usage and made me feel like I was uh, uh, getting away from it, blah, blah, blah. And it has helped with fubbing. This person, uh, his wife is very happy since he started this new uh, procedure. Fubbing or snubbing a person in favor of your phone is a constant complaint among couples. Yes. Studies have shown that excessive fubbing decreases relationship satisfaction and contributes to feeling of depression and alienation. Yeah, when you're talking to someone and they're clearly not listening to you. It has come up in my relationship. Everybody's. Or it's going on and you haven't talked about it. But uh, the thing buzzes, and you have to look at it right now. We're talking about something very important right now, and you just opted out because you got a text. Could be from anybody on any topic. But I'll wait. Yeah. Mm. A little more on that coming up. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? What if you fub your mother? What's that called? (laughs) All right, coming up in the newscast, we have got the Vatican uh, Abuse Summit wrapping up just as a cardinal dropped a bombshell charge. OAC and Senator Dianne Feinstein, very public battle over that Green New Deal. Fight, fight. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. on the story we just did about the guy in the New York Times who got, uh, like, help, like a rehab help with his smartphone addiction. Um, he was able to, in a fairly short amount of time, I think it was weeks, get back to where he felt like he could read a book or just sit, uh, you know, waiting for something with his own thoughts. And, and, and just watching the world around him, which is usually pretty entertaining. Pretty quickly was repaired. And I don't know how old he is. I don't know if you're young and you've been doing this your whole life. I saw the guy's picture. Maybe 40. Okay. It's, it's, it's still, he grew up pre-smartphone. Right. Which is perhaps everything. Yeah. At some point, we're going to think, how did we let our kids do this? Yeah, but, I don't know if there will be a time when some someone coming of age now will be like, I can't even read a book because right. everything they've always yeah. done I've has n- been on the phone. Right. I've never wanted to do anything that lasted that long. And we'll have a generation of people, Americans, adults, all twitchy and weird with their eyes and twitching and their... <laughs> And then can't read anything longer than the contents of a cereal box. Or the brain will adjust in a... We'll have to have homes for them or in, camps. In 500 years, the brain will adjust. Evolution is slow. Oh, but the, he did say this, the, the software that shows you how many times you picked up your phone and how much time you spent on it each day is very helpful. I don't have that. I don't have the latest software, I guess, mm. on my phone. But I, Yeah, mine tries to tell me, and I scream at it, Mind your own business! Every week. He went from picking up his phone 150 times every day to more like 25 It'd be horrifying for me to see those numbers at the end of the day. I need to see that. It's like getting on a scale every morning. My iPhone has like a weekly tracking kind of summary that it gives yep. me, but not a daily. News now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, after three days of meetings with top bishops and church officials, Pope Francis called abusive priests the tools of Satan and utterly incompatible with the church's ethical credibility. For victims, though, it turned out the speech was a letdown in short on specifics. 
Francis said that the church would strengthen its guidelines on how to prevent abuse and punish those responsible. He promised the church would spare no effort to bring abusers to justice. It would no longer cover up these crimes. The problem, he and other officials were short on details of how they are going to achieve those goals. Meanwhile, the German cardinal, Reinhard Marx, admitted on Saturday that the church has been its own enemy when it comes to cleaning up the massive mess. He said files that could have documented the terrible deeds and named those responsible were destroyed or not even created. Mark's In noted, situations where it was required that you open a file, you fill out a form, you list names, etc., they just didn't. Right. Wouldn't you, if you want, actually wanted to get to the bottom of this, wouldn't you take Cardinal McCarrick and instead of shipping him to Victoria, Kansas... A tiny town in the middle of nowhere so he can uh, die of old age and be supported by the Catholic Church. Wouldn't you have him come to Rome and say, what was going on? Who, who else knew about this? Spill. Who, who all did, of it. Who did you know who was doing it? Who did you move around to what church when? How did it work and why? Yeah. How do we cure this disease? Make him turn state's evidence, do the right thing in the name of Jesus, and, and, and explain it all. And I heard, and we need to line this guy up. Oh, Hanson's on the phone. But uh, one of the co-founders of the big uh, organization that uh, organizes survivors of Catholic Church sex abuse, uh, a bloke from Wisconsin, very reasonable guy, uh, he was talking about how they were there at the conference at the invite of the Catholic Church, and they said, you have to say, we're going to fire priests who victimize people, we're going to fire priests and, and, and cardinals and anybody else who covered up or moved people around. You have to say that is our new policy. And they well, they kind of shuffled their papers look, and looked look, down. We, we got we got we, we know this happened a week ago. The highest right. guy ever accused of this who is forced to resign a cardinal highest ever is still living in a house paid for by the Catholic Church and and getting the health care and everything like that and going to live out his life like right. that. That's all you need to know. And hasn't been publicly compelled or or his testimony has not been demanded. That, doesn't that tell you everything? Yes, it does. And also, and we, you see this at work, the, the first thing they said is we're going to come up with a seminary guideline so we can right. teach training because that's the problem, obviously. All right. Not the training. We need to retrain yep. our employees. Yep. More training because they didn't know they weren't supposed to rape children. Right. Come on. And the other thing was, and we talked about this, um, we talked about this last week, the one sign of seriousness that I was looking for is be out, sorry for the choice of words, and say, look, we've got a huge situation here where we have a bunch of sexually active gay priests and cardinals and bishops or whatever, and because a Catholic law is is very, it's well, it's, it's unequivocal, it's strict, you can't do that, these people are part of the conspiracy of silence, sexually active gay members of the clergy. And we need to deal with that openly and honestly, or we will never change the culture of silence. And I, if if they talked about that in a meaningful way, I missed it. No, they did not. All right. Well, that there you go. Some fine lip service to doing the right thing. Maybe a little more than that, but they did not. They did not go ahead and uncover the truly, you know, infected parts of the church and 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 and, and speak honestly about what was causing right. what's been going on. And until you do that, it's just going to keep going. California Senator Dianne Feinstein and a group of San Francisco Bay Area students squared off over climate change in a sometimes tense exchange that was captured on video widely shared on social media. 
The kids pushing Feinstein hard to sign off on the Green New Deal, the ambitious Democrat plan to shift the U.S. economy from fossil fuels and replace them with renewable sources such as wind and solar power. Feinstein kept telling the group, we can't afford it. It's too expensive. We can't get it through the Senate. The kids kept pushing back. And then... You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. Representative... They responded. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez put out her own Instagram response to Feinstein's statement about the Green New Deal, AOC's creation. It's not just, I've been doing this for 30 years, so we need to listen to them. Because, frankly, people have been failing at the same things for 30 or 40 years. What we need to do is say, what solutions have not been tried yet? And what ambitious scale have we not shot at yet? And let's do it. Let's do it. She got the realtor eyes. Di- yeah, she got them. DiFi is right about, you will never get through the Senate, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But uh, she sounds so old and out of touch. I mean, she just she oh, just yeah. sounds. And then you got OAC, AOC, AOC uh, sounding like a entitled teenager. Can we get something in the middle, please? During the live stream, AOC also questioned whether people should still have children because of climate change. Oh, that's a classic. And further warned that we have one shot as thousands of people are dying due to its onslaught. My favorite AOC tweet of the weekend. See if I can find it real fast. I really like this. Da, da, da. I don't want to bog down the show. I already have too late. Uh, anyway, she basically <laughs> show bogger. She basically complained about fake news, which I found very hilarious. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. She's uh, getting used to the way DC works with her realtor eyes. Do we have the short version of that clip from? Here's, uh, here's what she said. Uh, and w- one tweet over the weekend. One of the biggest disappointments about DC is the gossip that masquerades as reporting. Was that AOC or President Trump? Yes, that's what happens. Lots of gossip, unnamed sources right. masquerading as reporting happens all the time, doesn't it? Wow. There you go. Uh, hey, speaking of uh, the climate change thing, absolutely priceless, unintentionally hilarious thread in the New York Times Twitter feed over the weekend we ought to talk about in terms of climate. So stay with us. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That's squawky. Squawky here. Bald eagle. So some people are doubling down on the Jesse Smollett thing. What? Either they b- still believe him or say, yeah, but even if it wasn't true, this happens so often it might as well be. You know, that sort of thing. Just in a weird way to look at things. The boy isn't crying wolf, it's a wolf drill. It's important we all be on our guard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well said. All right. looks like a realtor. She got them realtor eyes. Right. Yeah, she got them. <laughs> oh, she got them. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I want to talk like... 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. In the end, I think the department understands they're going to have to make this public. We will obviously subpoena the report. Uh, we will bring Bob Mueller in to testify before Congress. We will take it to court if necessary. Adam Schiff on the talk shows yesterday, continuing to make his argument about something that's never going to happen. And people get all excited about it. Right. Got to whip the folks up. Right. If the Mueller report is not released, this is what we're prepared to do. And, they, and well, he was asked these questions. What will you do if they don't release the Mueller report? Well, this is what, yeah, that's just, it's just that whole game is just right. so stupid to me. Right. Well, you saw it at the Oscars, though. If people feel whipped up and threatened and like they're in a fight, it makes them excited and happy and they feel like they're alive. They feel like they're, they have a purpose. So, yeah, you got politicians on both sides, honestly, trying to keep us whipped up, breathless reporting from the media at the same time. Everybody seems to, first of all, the Mueller report will come out. Of course it will. There's just, it just will. So quit, quit pretending that's a thing. Well, what if it doesn't? <laughs> quit pretending it's a thing that it's going to be held secret. Right. And everybody will just say, oh, darn it. He got us. God <laughs> knows what's in its darkest depths. <laughs> so it will come out. Quit arguing about that as if it's a thing. And secondly, everybody seems to agree that it ain't going to be much. And all the arguing is going to be on the whole whatever New York has got. About his stuff that happened before the election. The uh, Southern District of Manhattan. Yeah, the exactly. taxes, this or that. Everybody banning Chris Christie, Alan Dershowitz, all the people that uh, have been following this closely and a lot of them arguing on Trump's side says that's where he's in trouble. In New York, that's where right. he's in trouble. Don Jr. is making the rounds right now and saying, yeah, I've heard that too. And he said, this is so, it's the Stalinesque, bring me the man, I'll find you the crime, or I'll show you the crime, or I'll give you the crime, depending on the translation from the original Russian. Um, and it does have a bit of a disturbing feel of that, honestly. Sure. Um, crime's crime. I try not to commit them myself. Um, well, I kind of try. Uh, so where it ends, nobody knows. But if we end up in a situation where you've got various activist uh, government attorneys in Manhattan, for instance, just throwing everything they can up against the wall, you got Don in shackles, you got uh, Eric uh, in in solitary, even Ivanka's <laughs> shuffling along. Orange is the new black. Ivanka's in the in the jailhouse. Man, that's uh, then then we do have. The Steve Bannon predicted 2019 slash 20 is as ugly as anything since the uh, lead up to the Civil War. Because if you have a substantial chunk of America believing that their selection in the election has been wrongfully prosecuted and jailed by the deep state or or, or tried to be jailed or discredited or what, people are going to go nuts. Yeah, it'll be ugly. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Speaking of people going nuts. So uh, I became aware of this somehow or other. Uh, the New York Times uh, climate, they have their own climate tag in their uh, their Twitter feed. And it's a, it's a link to the article about, um, well, here's the, the point of the article. Green New Deal is technologically possible, experts say, but it will cost trillions of dollars, require expansive new taxes and federal programs, and could not be accomplished within the 10-year time frame that supporters say is necessary. Which is, I mean, just some plain, unvarnished statements of truth. But the reaction 
to that tweet from their fans was berserk, anger, outrage. And so they had to keep stumbling over themselves and tweeting new things. The next one is, many of the people responding to this tweet are interpreting it as saying that the story claims climate action is too expensive or somehow not worth the attempt. This is not what the story says, though it does say the political challenges are daunting. Thanks for reading. Then they had to follow up later. We can always do a better job of distilling our stories down to tweets, but reading the stories themselves is still a very good idea. As people are just bringing the hate. Then later, so again, thanks for reading. The story shows a difficult path ahead, but the story is anything but a call for inaction. Then they go on later. Also, please take a look at the breadth of coverage from New York Times Team Climate. Please don't hate us. We regularly bring you the science discussing the urgency, blah, blah, blah. Goes on and on as they're just getting murdered by their own side. And as I tweeted... Way to have courage. It's it's obviously... A uh, an example of uh, how did I I put it? Um, people interpreting realism as defeatism, pointing out, okay, that's going to be difficult for these reasons. Why are you against me? It is so angry, childlike, and Generation X. I'm looking at you now. Baby boomers are the worst generation. Everybody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> When they get to the pearly gates, there's going to be a, well, it's going to be rough. But Generation X, I want to find the man or woman, or more likely a committee, that first suggested, what if we were to give everyone a soccer trophy? The people, the movers and shakers behind the self-esteem movement and the everybody gets a trophy thing. I want you hauled up on charges. I want to go Stalin on you and your people. What would the charge be exactly? What is the specific Subversion of a civilization. (laughs) That's a serious charge. You would be in the docks. You would be shot. I would put you in cages like they have in those mass trials in Egypt. You people would be in cages. The charges would be read. You'd stammer your idiotic defenses, and then you would be sent off. Here's a the, trophy for best subversion of a civilization. Right. See the irony? And <laughs> I gave one to him, too, in case you missed it. <laughs> and we would ship them off to the Armstrong and Getty super guilty camps that we've been proposing now for a couple of decades. This is what you get when you convince everybody they're a little angel and they're a genius and they're a soccer champion just because you bought them a uniform and they put it on and ran around or sometimes didn't even bother to run around but they still got a trophy you get a generation that if you say wow okay that's good stuff now here's where it's going to get tough yeah why are you against I want a trophy for helping against climate change. This is what you have done, Generation X. A rigid bunch of, 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 of trapped in a fantasy cuckoo birds. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, part of the reason I'm fired up about this, and I, I've got to be very, very careful here. Your heart. Be concerned about your heart. No, that's not that. <laughs> is I'm, I'm, I'm counseling certain young people about being adults and what it takes in trying to penetrate what would seem to be a where-is-my-trophy attitude when confronting the, the problems of adulthood. 
and perhaps a somewhat inflated idea of who's a champion and who's not and what it takes to become a champion. And I, I, I think we, you know, we were talking earlier about we're going to have a generation of Americans who are so twitchy and weird from never taking their eyes off their, their smartphones that we're going to have to have, you know, camps for them. Going to be a lot of camps in Joe Getty's America, but nice camps. I mean, there will be horseback riding and canoeing. Um, but we're also going to have, have to have a, an entire camp for, I guess it's called welfare, for a generation that doesn't understand being a champion of something, anything. It's really, really cool, but it takes a hell of a lot of hard work, and it doesn't come through sitting around fantasizing about it. Yeah, I'm actually uh, talking uh, last night about getting my son into a a competitive sports thing where it's not like that, because I think he needs a, whether he does well at it or doesn't do well at it, I think he needs a, some people are going to do really well, some people are going to do poor and get yelled at and not get to play. Right. (laughs) I think he needs that. People need desperately to fail to become the, strong people. That's the way the world works. It certainly does once you get out in the real world. Between that and the helicopter, come, uh, I'm sorry, the helicopter parenting, we are, it's, it's child abuse. We are taking away from children the things that make them strong. The term they use to, for strengthening your heart, the point of life I'm in, where I really have to worry about heart, heart disease and that sort of thing, is you've got to stress your heart. You've got to put your heart under stress. Wait a minute, I thought stress was a bad thing. Really have to rethink that. Yeah, well, our, 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 our thoughts were in the right place. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.